Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. In this episode of Compliance Into the Weeds, Tom Fox and Matt Kelly take a deep dive into Delta Airlines' response to employees who refuse to get vaccinated by increasing their health care premium and how this fits into a best practices compliance program. I know you will find this episode useful. Compliance Into the Weeds is a production of the Compliance Podcast Network. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox, the voice of compliance, back again with Matt Kelly, the coolest guy in compliance for another episode of Compliance Into the Weeds. We don't exactly have our title firmed up for this episode, but it's generally around uh, Delta Airlines approach on the Delta variant. We may get cute or we may not with the title, but that's what it's going to be about. So, uh, Matt, welcome. And what did Delta Airlines do around the Delta variant that caught your attention? Uh, hello, Tom. So what Delta Airlines did last week was they announced a new policy for their willfully unvaccinated employees. And of course, Delta has many thousands of employees. I don't know how many are unvaccinated. But Delta said that as of uh, November 1st, any willfully unvaccinated employees who are in the Delta healthcare plan will need to start paying a surcharge of $200 per month until they do get vaccinated. They do not need to get vaccinated, but if they choose to be unvaccinated and they are on Delta's plan, it's going to be an extra $200 a month to cover the higher costs of dealing with uh, Delta employees who may then come down with COVID and go into the hospital and the price gets quite exorbitant. Uh, And in fact, even before the November surcharge kicks in, uh, starting September, which I guess is just in a few more days, unvaccinated employees will need to undergo weekly COVID-19 testing uh, at their own expense, uh, as I understand it. And by October, the company will no longer provide extended sick pay for unvaccinated employees who miss work because of the virus. Um, that will not be the same if you are vaccinated. You don't, I believe, you do not need to get tested at all. And if you are vaccinated and get sick and miss work, you then get extra sick time protections. Um, and we should say, uh, I'm going to start using unvaccinated employees for the rest of this podcast. I do specifically mean willfully unvaccinated employees who could get vaccinated, but they choose not to. These stipulations, Tom, will apply to them. They do not apply to the uh, involuntarily unvaccinated who might have a medical reason or a religious objection. They are not part of the policy change that you and I are going to talk about, Tom. But those who c- could get vaccinated and are just saying, you know what, I don't want to do it, they're going to have to start paying more for that choice. And Delta is one of the few first companies that are now starting to impose a penalty on their willfully unvaccinated employees, which we can talk about the smartness of that, Tom. I am in favor of it. I am sure we're going to see more companies dealing with COVID vaccination policy in this manner. 
Um, and it is something that a lot of companies are going to grapple with. So it's worth talking about what Delta is doing. When I read uh, the policy from Delta, I think it was announced last week, uh, I certainly applauded it as well. And I saw uh, several angles from uh, the compliance perspective. You also saw several angles, but you took it a step further and you blogged about it. So could you tell us why you saw this as as at least from a compliance perspective? And what did you see that it upholds ethical values and achieves business objectives at the same time? Well, yes, I also think this is a really smart approach from Delta, and I would encourage other large organizations to see if they could implement the same sort of a thing. And from a policy management perspective, let's walk through why this works. Well, first and foremost, I would say this puts the risk of COVID illness with the correct risk owner, and that is the unvaccinated employee. Um, if the unvaccinated anti-vaxxer person, if they want to go Babylon about freedom and personal choice and whatever, like knock yourselves out. But you don't have the right to be unvaccinated and then make other people sick when you catch the virus and you're spreading it around. So you are basically asking a larger organization either your your or employer or we the taxpaying public who are going to wind up picking up the tab for so much health care you know unvaccinated people are basically asking others to pick up the cost of their choice and their risk to catch covid and that's not the way it's supposed to work and tom you and i have talked for however many years now about the risk should be with the risk owner and we even would say compliance doesn't own the risk for anti-corruption or data privacy or economic sanctions or whatever. Compliance isn't supposed to own the risk. The owner of the risk is supposed to own the risk, the person out in the business unit. This is that exact same uh, dynamic and principle applied to COVID vaccinations. You don't want to get vaccinated? Fine. But the risk then is going to be on you and you have to carry an extra burden for the extra risk that you are foisting on everybody else. And Delta calculated that at $200 a month. Um, I also think that this is a very smart policy because if the anti-vaxxer person really doesn't like it, you have an easy out. You just have to go get vaccinated. And I think that Delta probably did wait on this policy until the FDA gave formal permanent approval to the Pfizer vaccine. I know that they're going to be looking at the Moderna vaccine now for permanent approval any week now. But Look, there is no excuse to say this vaccine is untested, it's unsafe, it's expensive, I can't get it. Yes, you can. It's free. It's safe. It is widely available. Delta has already gone out of its way to make the vaccinations even more available. It has held vaccination clinics on its properties. It will give people paid time off if they want to go get the vaccine. Uh, and a great many Delta employees already have been vaccinated, which is good for them. But again, if you want to say that every policy should have some sort of exit clause or exception request, you fine. This policy does that. You can go get vaccinated. Or if you have a medical excuse, you can procure a note from your doctor or a religious exemption. You can give that evidence and you get an exemption. So that's good policy. Um, and Tom, I really liked that Delta framed this as a matter of accountability, where they actually did say this was the chief uh, health officer for Delta, a man named Harry Ting. He gave an interview to the Wall Street Journal where he said, quote, we feel there was an accountability 
unvaccinated people should be sharing in, close quote. And I think that, you know, we talk so often about a culture of accountability. This is what that is in practice. A lot of companies even say that they list accountability as a core value. As it so happens, Delta does not. Uh, but Delta does talk about honesty and integrity and respect and perseverance as its core values. You can look those up on its website. Well, I would still say that holding people to those standards, that's accountability. And this policy flows from all of that. This policy really does flow from their core values. Um, you know, if, if you want to have the integrity of being unvaccinated, knock yourself out. But it's going to cost you because you're bringing risk to others and you somebody has to pay for it. So that's going to be you, unvaccinated employee. So I think that this is all perfectly fine. It's perfectly sensible. And it also flows from these core values of integrity and honesty. And what was the other one there? Perseverance. Like Delta's doing everything right with this policy. We're going to have a short break to hear from our sponsor. And we'll be right back with more Compliance Into the Weeds. You know, Matt, there was one other factor that uh, for me was particularly persuasive and that you hit upon in your blog post, and that was uh, the Tom Fox ubiquitous phrase, document, 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 because Delta has the evidence to justify its policy decision. And that mm-hmm. evidence was a typical cost to the company for an employee who ends up in the hospital uh, with COVID and were unvaccinated. And, and I'm going to leave the number to you, but I have to say that. Yeah, Tom, it's, it's, the, it's worth noting that Delta is, like many large companies, Delta is self-insured. So it is paying for all of the health care for its employees, even though it's administered through a, a health insurance plan, I'm sure. But uh, the CEO's memo, Ed Bastian, he had sent around a note announcing this policy. Okay. Uh, where he said the typical costs to the company for a patient employee hospitalized with COVID-19. Sounding number to me of individual costs to Delta uh, for employees uh, who were hospitalized with COVID. You talk to us about that. This conference will now be recorded. Matt, there was one other part you touched upon that I found uh, just uh, out, uh, outstanding or uh very, uh, very surprising, but it was in the context of the ubiquitous compliance phrase, document, document, document. And that was that Delta had documented with evidence uh, justification for its policy decision because it uh, totaled up the cost for the company for employees who ended up in the hospital with COVID-19 who had not been vaccinated. I'm going to leave that number to you, but I, I just found that to be an astonishing number, and it certainly justified uh, under these circumstances an increase. I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about the evidence that Delta used to justify its policy decision. Sure. So these numbers came from the CEO of Delta, Ed Bastian, who in his policy announcement to employees, he said that Delta basically is paying on average about $50,000 for the healthcare of every hospitalized employee, somebody who is hospitalized with COVID. Uh, and also that in recent weeks, all of the hospitalized employees with COVID, they were all unvaccinated. So that's 50 grand that the company is paying 
for a unvaccinated employee to exercise, I guess, their freedom of choice not to be vaccinated. Uh, it is worth noting that Delta is, like many large organizations, they are self-insured. So they're paying for all of these costs and they administer it through a healthcare uh, insurance plan. But Delta knows exactly what it is paying out for employee health care. I'm sure that gives them some extra ammunition to analyze their data. I don't know how many other large companies would also be able to get this maybe from health insurance plans that they're using if they do have multiple plans. But, um, you know, the bottom line is that the data matters and Delta has the data to show that unvaccinated employees are costing them a fortune. And it does not have to be that way. And I actually suspect that if they really wanted to pass along a representative cost to the unvaccinated employees, it could probably be a lot higher than two hundred dollars. This is uh, apparently this is the number that they settled on after they consulted with their legal and their HR and their public health teams at Delta. And they felt that was enough to not overwhelm an employee, but still enough to make them realize that this decision of theirs not to be vaccinated has a cost and they're going to have to pay it. Um, So, yes, very data driven policy that can be explained and justified and is just one more step in good policy development and management that Delta has put into place here. If I had a, a caveat or, or a concern around this uh, decision that Delta made, it would be something along the lines of the following. Uh, this certainly uh, was based upon factual evidence used to justify its policy decision uh, with a policy management and risk management approach. But this has opened the door for other uh, dissimilar health insurance payments for persons who may have alternative lifestyles, who may be smokers, who may be drinkers, who may be doing something that's not illegal, uh, but nevertheless, the company deems it as a health risk. Are we maybe opening the, as we lawyers would say, the slippery slope down to uh, cafeteria, truly buffet cafeteria health plans? You know, I've heard that, too, and I just think that is a bit far-fetched. Um, the three examples I've heard the most are surcharges for employees who smoke, who have diabetes, or who drink. Well, I see your impulse to go down that road, but none of those conditions are contagious, first off. You know, you might be a heavy smoker and contract lung cancer, you're not going to infect somebody else in the office with lung cancer because of that. Uh, And even if people want to say, well, what about secondhand smoke? We we don't generally allow smoking in corporate offices anymore. That is a thing of the past. So, you know, also with diabetes, a fair number of people with type one diabetes, for example, they never asked to be diabetic. They didn't have any lifestyle choices that encouraged diabetes, such as type two diabetes um, might come from, poor exercise, poor diet, and everything else. So there's certainly going to be some number of people who are diabetics who this was not their fault at all, and there was no lifestyle choice they made that led them to this. But even if all of that were true, still, you don't infect somebody else with diabetes just because you have it. Um, So I haven't really come across a good example that would really challenge what Delta is doing here, because almost all of these lifestyle choices, they 
don't involve other innocent people who might just, you know, wind up getting sick because you didn't get vaccinated for COVID. Uh, and by the way, there are very easy solutions to getting rid of your, your COVID risk. You just, you just go and get vaccinated. And if people could just go and get vaccinated to cure type two diabetes, that would be great. Unfortunately, you can't. Type two diabetes is a long-term illness that has to be managed with all sorts of other stuff. And it's much more complicated. I don't have a good answer for if we want to start imposing surcharges on those more individualized types of illnesses, such as alcoholism or smoking or diabetes. I know that people encourage, companies encourage uh, people to stop those bad habits through wellness programs and they try and reward it. We did try and reward this with COVID where you would get a bonus for getting vaccinated or all this other stuff, and it still hasn't worked because there is a conservative minority in this country that decided to politicize the cure for COVID or the, the preventative measure for COVID, the vaccine. You know, Republicans aren't out there saying it is my right to smoke and actually cigarettes don't cause cancer. Um, you know, nobody is making these kind of arguments about alcoholism or diabetes or uh, drug use or smoking. For whatever reason, conservatives decided to turn COVID and vaccinations into a political football and it is contagious and it can infect other innocent people and cost the company even more money. And so I do think that COVID is a class unto itself when we're talking about this. I don't know that it's really a valid comparison to say that this is going to open a door to a slippery slope or anything else like that. COVID is an urgent crisis. Everything else that we're talking about here, it's not urgent. And I don't know if we could have those battles another day, but this battle here and now is imminent and enormous for a lot of companies. You have to respond to COVID and you have to think about a vaccination policy today. So you could do a lot worse than to think about it in this very logical, disciplined way that Delta did. Well, Matt, I agree with uh, uh, your uh, analysis, with your blog post, that this is how policy management is supposed to work. And it really gets us to, I think, uh, the right place. I want to applaud Delta publicly for taking this approach. And I also want to uh, uh, applaud the way that they have really articulated uh, each each step, that, and particularly the way you outlined it in your blog post, because I think it's a it's a great example for every compliance professional to think through when you have something uh, an issue that you may not think is a compliance issue, but it's certainly a risk management and process issue. So thanks, Delta, for this great example. Yes, I would agree. This is Tom Fox again. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Compliance Into the Weeds. I'm extraordinarily pleased to introduce the latest podcast addition to the Compliance Podcast Network, the ESG Report. The ESG has become one of the most ubiquitous phrases of 2021. I'm therefore starting a new podcast dedicated to that topic. In my first two episodes, it is a one-part premiere where I visit with Tricia Dascom from Silver and we talk about the regulatory and investment framework around ESG and what that means for the compliance professional. So check out the ESG report on the Compliance Podcast Network. I hope you'll join Matt and I again next week as we explore another compliance topic literally going into the weeds. Compliance Into the Weeds is a production of the Compliance Podcast Network. 
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.